and all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing with us in that area. As we uh, come, and of course, we are be sensitive with the uh, time, we will. Thank you so much, Eddie. I appreciate Eddie's servant spirit. He just slides in there and just. <laughs> we, um, we're looking in John, a familiar passage of scripture, John the 15th chapter. And in John the uh, 15th chapter, there's something that I, I want all of us to see and to understand. And as I move toward that, just kind of bear with me here. Um, and if you turn with me, um, matter of fact, the 15th chapter, and we're, um, we're looking at all the verses here. So again, it's not that I'm uh, in a rush to finish this, but I'm not going to drag it on. What's, what's happening is that we're talking about embracing the principle of abiding. You heard the message before. Um, but in counseling a guy, this person uh, the last week, um, I had to take him to John 15 because... He, again, we've been struggling over this thing for over 20 some odd years. And uh, so, and so he was, and I was trying to drive home to him. He, he, he has the training, he's in leadership, et cetera, et cetera. He has all the dots in the places, but it's just not clicking. It's just not clicking. And so we want to, I talked to him about the whole idea of fruit bearing and in order to bear fruit, you must be abiding, but you must understand, you must comprehend what that is. And the results of it is, um, I made it clear, and I'll probably be redundant by saying it again. I said, when you bear fruit, I said, uh, even if we talk about, let's talk about an apple tree, although it's talking about a vine. I said, an apple tree does not bear apples to eat its own apples, you know. And the guy started laughing. He said, no, the apple don't eat an apple on his own apple, man. I said, no, it don't. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I said, well, what does an apple do, a tree uh, does? It, it produces apples. And who consumed the apples? It says, for, uh, it's for others. Oh, I see. So then everything that we do in abiding is for who? Others. And, and, and so as we go into John 15, we have to understand, put the, to put together how this whole thing is, is, um, is running because it starts off with abiding and end with loving one another. It's a big sandwich here. But you can't love without abiding. So, as I said, we, we start off with the concept. Father, leading guidance, help us to really understand this passage of Scripture. Thank you for our time together. Now speak to your servant, through your servant, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. So we, we come to the passage of scripture where it says, 
these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and you and that your joy may be full. He's talking to the disciples. He says, these things I'm saying to you that my joy will be in you and your joy will be full. What is that like? I don't know. Anybody know what that is? Anyone has full joy? Jesus Christ promised that if you abide in me, you will have full joy. And the world can't do that, okay? Now, this is just the lead-in verses here. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. You notice where I'm starting. I'm starting up almost toward the end of it almost. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his what? Friends. You are my friends. Oh, no, I'm a friend of Jesus. Wait a minute. Don't, don't, wait a minute. don't go too fast. What's the last part of that? <laughs> no. I'm a friend of Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Wait a minute. Make sure, are you doing what he's telling you to do? If you're not doing what you are supposed to be doing, then you are lying wonder. Because you, no, I'm not saying that. Scripture is saying it. You're my friend if you obey me. If you do what I say. If the Lord says go to the end of the corner, go across and wait there, and you go across the street, did you do exactly what he said? He said if you go to the end of the corner and then go to across the street and wait there, I'll give you $15. And you decide to go across the street and go to the other side of the corner, and then he said give my $15. No. Why? You didn't do what I told you to do. Why? Because when you went to the end of the corner, I had a person look at you because I wanted to prove a point, and you didn't go to the end of the corner to prove my point. So why should I give you anything? There's something, that, that there's something about when God tells us to do something, it's not just for you. There's a lot of people connected to what you're doing. In the introduction, it's very important that we understand the need and benefits of embracing the spiritual aspect of abiding because it will greatly affect how we treat one another. Amen? It is possible to live, work, and worship with one another without experiencing an intimate bond that pleases and honors God. It's possible to live in a marriage, be married, and you, you, have the, you have the papers and everything else, but really you're two people living in one house. Got a lot of couples like that. They're so inundated by the activities of the household and everything else, they have lost the significance of what the marriage is all about in the first place. They've lost the joy. They've lost the laughter. They're so busy trying to put all the dots together that they forgot each other. They don't have time. They're too tired. You, you come to church, and guess what? I've noticed, and this is my, no, this is my uh, just observation. No, my, and my observation, Lord, believe me, if I just start uh, conveying my observational notes, you'll see that I have been observing saints. When it comes down to observing individuals, when it comes down to looking at individuals, it's very important to see some things. 
it is very important that when it comes down to individuals, it is possible to be at a church with all the believers, and we really don't know each other. We, we are attending, but not abiding in the fellowship. And the reason that we're not abiding in the fellowship is don't blame the person being hard-hearted because you see, it's, they're not positioned in abiding in Christ. If I'm in abiding in Christ, then there's my whole attitude toward others begin to change. You're more than just a person sitting in a seat. This whole concept of abiding is so important, so key. As parents, we are establishing generational patterns. We're establishing what? Our children have a tendency to do what our parents have done. This whole explosion, even during our day and time, it took generations to do this. It didn't just happen. Oh, no, 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 no. It took, a, it took generations where children have seen it all their lives, and some of them just think that this is, is, this is what you're supposed to do. Some individuals beat their wives because they saw their fathers beat their wives. Some of the wives, I remember there's a couple folks immediately come to my mind. Some folks actually said that about the whole idea of um, the mother said, never let your husband see your body. Can you imagine? And, and for, wow. For the years that I've known them, the husband had not seen her body. Because mama, I don't know what happened to mama, but mama passed it on to, to daddy. Child, you keep your own purse, and he keep his, and you guard yours, because you don't know, know when you're going to do such and such. And they're talking out of their generational pain. And they pass it on to others. And so the children grow up scarred because not what they, listen, it's not what they have been taught, it's what they have not been taught. They have not been taught. There's a lot of things you don't have to go through if you are abiding in Christ. And I want you to understand the concept of abiding. And Jesus Christ is trying to tell us it's not in things. It's not in people. It's not in education and, and notoriety and all these other things. It's not in position. It's not in anything that's temporal. It's eternal. And when you start looking over the eternal perspective, then things start going down. So I aim to help us keep a reality check on our relationship with Christ, thinking it through. Jesus laid out the dynamics of abiding in him by using four major categories. Uh, remember, there's, there, remember the six questions we used to ask, we uh, did ask? Uh, well, we start, off, uh, we start off with the outline, the what, the who, 
Now, see, this time I put the how, then the what, and then the why. The, the, that whole chapter is broken down to these four things. You ask four questions, and that whole chapter is explained. What does it take to really abide in Christ? What does it take to really be on top of it? Because you know what, I, know what we read earlier? It says, these things I write to you that your joy may be what? Full. That was not in the first verse. That's all the way down to the 15th verse. So we had to get to the first to the 15th to find out what, what things did you, you tell, us, tell me to do. And so we start on our journey. And um, let's start off with the who. Let's read it together. The true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it bear more fruit. He's, he's, now, if you, if you can think about uh, uh, some circles here, here is a, here's the first picture that he gives. He says, let me give you the first snapshot. Let's start off in the Godhead, not what you, where you are and what you're going through. The first thing in abiding is you have to understand how we're structured. You have to, you know how the, the, the guy who's ahead of everything. And so he starts off with the word I am. The I am of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ used the I am through the New Testament so many ways, didn't he? I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and all these others. He says, I am. So he used here, I am the true vine, which means, he used the word the, which means I am the absolute, there's none beside me. I'm it, and all that in the bag of chips, I'm it. I am the true vine, and my father is the what? Vine dresser. I'll supply everything, listen, everything that you'll ever need, everything that you'll ever want, I got it for you. You don't have to beg anybody for anything. I have already planned out your whole life. That's why, you know, you hear me talk about being able to get some sleep. I get my sleep because God has today and he has tomorrow. Today is kind of rough. All right, then I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up tomorrow. It's a rough day tomorrow. Well, God has tomorrow also. So whatever's going to happen tomorrow, God has it. So that my peace is not what's going on around me. It's what's going on in me. You understand? See, once you understand what's going on in me, because it says if you get these things, it says, it says my joy, will make, you will have full joy because my joy will become your joy. You can't not abide in Christ and not benefit from it. You see? And so, and so, he, says, every, so he says, I'm the true vine. And when we think about the true vine, we are not talking about a branch. We're talking about that which going down into the ground and getting all of the nutrients and bringing it up. He says, I am the true vine. And have you noticed he had mentioned us at all at this point? He's just talking about, he says, I'm just, right now, I'm on the stage. I want to tell you who I am and what I am. He says, I'm the true vine. 
says, and my father, he's the one with the clippers. See, that's what the vine dresser is. That's the one who does all of the clipping. That's the one who began to take all of those things that don't belong in your life. You think that you need it and God starts snapping it away. And you know what? I had, to, I had to learn that the hard way too. I had to learn that the hard way. Some of my closest friends, buddies through the army and everything else and uh, and boy, I'd have to worry about uh, my vehicles breaking down. I just call Webb. He's a, a transmission specialist. I just call him. Sometimes you we have his, have the car out in front of his house. He pulled the motor out of the car, putting it on the tree, pulling it out of the car and everything. Webb, take care of it. Hey, God said you depend too much on Webb. Put Webb all the way over to Kansas City. I said, well, I gotta get me another mechanic. Said, no, you don't need another mechanic. You just need me. And you know for over 20, no, almost 25 years, Webb's a great guy, but I don't need him. I didn't think, I, I thought I needed him. I really don't need him. The person that I really needed has been there all the time. We transfer the person who really supply our needs is not the person on the outside. It's the person on the inside. For whatever a person on the outside supply, God gave them to it to you, right? <laughs> Boy, I wish I had a million dollars. And a person comes along and give you a million dollars. Where do you think they got the million dollars from? God. So he says, my father then is the vine dresser. If right now, if the Lord has started cutting some things away in your life, it's, it's not because he doesn't like you. If it seems like you're being overloaded, because you see what's happening is as you are becoming overloaded, as you are becoming distracted, that keeps you from listening to him. And if you stop listening to him, you stop growing. You stop growing, you lose your peace. You start getting upset. You start setting up your own plans. Which going to really fall apart. And then you're going to hear somebody clapping. Good job. Good job. Right on target. Keep at it. I know you feel tired, but a man got to do what he has to do. You your own woman. Gone. You're making it. And you know you're breaking your neck. Until finally you say, Lord, I can't do it. <laughs> then you join the Peter Club. <laughs> you say, I I'm, I'm out in this water. You told me, you told me to come and I start coming. And then all of a sudden I, I start looking at all the things around me. And I look more about the things around me than the person in front of me. And I start going down. The Lord said, don't you understand? If you don't learn this lesson, you won't move any further. Already you are clean because of the world that I have spoken to you. Now notice verse 15 though. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Whose job is to prune? 
That's why he said he. That's why he didn't say I prune. He says he prunes. So don't blame it on Jesus. He prunes, prunes that it may bear what? Understand, understand how fruit grows. The higher the tree, that's why you, you don't see vines on the ground. They trim all, because the higher the vine, the juicier and, 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 and uh, the better the fruit is when it comes down to fruit. And so what happens is that like a vine, with the vine, you find all the vines. If you take a picture of the vines, all of them are up off the ground and they're trimmed. And it, all of the ones that sapping the energy out, the vine dresser comes and he notices it and he cuts it. And he cuts it here, and he cuts it there, and it does a little cut here. And you say, ouch! And he cuts it here, and he cuts it there. No, Lord! And he cuts it here, and he cuts it there. I don't have anything great. You'll grow it later. Click, click, click. You keep hearing the scissors going left and right. Then finally, when you look in the mirror, you say, Lord, I just look a mess. And the Lord says, you look beautiful. I'm not seeing where you are now. I'm seeing what you're going to be right like tomorrow. That now I will start blooming through you. And you will bear more fruit. You will be more beautiful. You will attract. And guess what? All of your, remember, all of the fruit is not, that fruit is not for you to eat. So get it off yourself and start. And that's why we need to start thinking generationally. We just keep thinking situationally instead of generationally. Don't you know that these countries around here, they keep, they keep talking generationally? They keep talking about their children's children going to the back or going to the front. They, that's why they're trying to look. They're looking at these DNA and what they what they they were in the past and and what they want to do as far as the future is concerned. They're concerned about generations. We need to be generational thinkers from God's perspective. Well, abiding the position must be kept clear and respected. The Godhead is in control. Number two, what else? It's, it's, position, it's a position of careful and effective management. Whatever God does is careful and effective management. Is God a bad manager? No. <laughs> oh, no. And guess what? He's doing this and keeping all of the universe together. Keeping all the universe together. Let me put the third one up here. It is, a, it is, a, uh, uh, it is an insured um, um, uh, uh, spiritual and physical perfection. Um, the whole idea is this. Uh, when we talk about uh, the whole idea of, uh, of spiritual and physical perfection, not only, you don't just bear fruit. It keeps talking about what type of fruit? More fruit. What type of fruit? The Lord likes to deal with more fruit, not just fruit. He wants to bear, you to bear what? More fruit. You cannot bear more fruit in the position that each one of us are in. God wants to do a, a more than that, okay? Uh, so then, um, 
Um, so say that to us, it sounds like it should be us here or something, us here, spiritual and physical perfection. Um, we will basically put this on hold because two is coming up. We're going to put this on hold. I think your brain has taken enough for this morning. And we uh, will not, because of the time and everything else, we can pick up on the others. Um, I'm not in a rush because I want you to know. I want you to know. The first thing in abiding is for you not to do something, but for you to understand something. Repeat after me. It's the first rule of abiding is for me to understand, and then I do. You know, when, when people you can, when you give people a job and everything else, you want to make sure they understand what you're doing, what they're doing, right? Well, I know how to do it. You sure you know how to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no. This is too delicate equipment for you to be touching without knowledge and understanding. Do you understand what you're doing? Then if you don't, at least say it, and we can help you. And if we don't understand the principles of abiding, then how do you expect to have the full joy of Christ from his word? We just know the word of Fuji Kabasa. <laughs> Until you actually see, and now you say, oh, I understand. Yeah. See, now... Now that you understand it, let me, let me show you how, you how you work it, you see. Because now you have the word and you see it and you know how to work it. The same way when it comes to abiding. Now you see what happens. It starts with the Godhead. It starts with Jesus Christ. It starts with the fact that it's God. You have God the Father, God the Son. From the beginning of the world, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it starts off with good old theology. And he keeps going over theology all through the scripture over and over and over again. He says, you have to see that. And therefore, from there, we move. You've been very patient. And so I want to ask you a question in closing. Have you been abiding? Or have you just been there? <laughs> the right place. Your name been checked off. You came through the door. Right time. Until next time. But nothing ever makes the difference on the inside. And Satan doesn't care how many years you walk through that door. Sing the songs. Pray the prayer. If it doesn't change you. Because if he keeps you from doing something. He not only affects you. He affects generations. Right now it's not sinking into our young people. But young people let me tell you something. Right now you are very precious. Because you are the young seed. Of another generation. That we won't be around. Probably will be around to see. Your thoughts, your position, your teaching, they'll listen to you. Donald who? 
They won't know. They won't know. I can throw names out to you and you say, who? <laughs> I mean, your name just start fading. You, you get to a certain age and all of a sudden your name just start fading off the scene. I don't care how you try, try to keep it together, how, you, how much you try to dye your hair and everything else, your name start fading off the scene. Give it up. <laughs> the question is, have you, have you done something as far as your, um, your own life? I would like to pray for you this morning as we move to the first step in learning how to abide, embracing the abiding, abiding with Christ. Oh, why do we talk about the whole idea of oneness? How can you be one if we're not abiding? How we could pursue? What are you pursuing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just running with <laughs> some guy named Gump. <laughs> Let's bow. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our time together. It's my desire. That we understand your word and understand your heart. You are laid it out very clear to us. The only reason that we don't know is that we don't take the time to know. You have the Holy Spirit as a teacher. We have more written material out on the web and in the libraries and everything else. There is no excuse in this knowledgeable generation. Ignorance is a sin. For a believer in our day and time. And so Lord help us. To know the times. Above all to know you. And to trust you with all our hearts. And lean not to our own understanding. But in all our ways acknowledge you. And then you step in and you shall direct our path. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.